welcome to another show of Being You Podcast. This is James Short, and we are excited, so excited today for this special guest. Oh my goodness, we have Elaine Harvey from Lala Baby SOS, the Baby Whisperer. Woohoo! This is going to be exciting uh, Q and A right here. So let's hear about Elaine. Elaine is a wife and mum, which is her greatest life achievement, and the founder of Lala Baby SOS. And she's an early childhood educator and a certified pediatric sleep consultant. And since establishing Lala Baby SOS, she has worked with over 10,000 families, both in Australia and globally. She helps mums and dads with all things baby and toddler related with a particular focus on sleep, settling and routine. Ah, Elaine, thank you so much for jumping on today and welcome. Not a problem, James. Thanks so much for having me. It's fantastic to be here. Wonderful. So like, give us a little bit of background. How did you get into, where did the thought and the idea of Lola Baby come from? Um, the long and short version. So basically, um, I've always loved babies. I was one of those crazy kids that, you know, was still playing with babies at 12. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember being quite uncomfortable walking up the road with my baby in the bassinet, thinking I'm too old for this, but never really thought anything of it. Um, was the local babysitter. I think, James, you probably grew up in the same era as me with the Babysitter's Club. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was one that had my own little babysitter's club in the neighbourhood. <laughs> Love it. Um, but I always knew I'd work with people and um, couldn't really figure out what I wanted to do, was uh, worked in interior design, worked in recruitment, um, and then I worked as a nanny for a couple of years. Well, when I moved to London, I worked as a nanny, and I was like, oh, my God. This is my calling um, and absolutely loved it. And it was the first time that I realized that looking after babies could actually be a career. Wow. And I went, what? You know, people say, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. And that was me. That was like, I got off and going to the playground with the kids and having play dates and things like that. Um, and it kind of really spiraled quite quickly from working as a nanny to working as a maternity nurse. So in the UK, um, people can have somebody that comes home from the hospital with them, does 24 hours a day, six days a week care of mum and bub for the first 12 weeks, Wow. gets baby onto a routine, gets them sleeping well overnight time. And could you imagine having that kind of care? Um, and that was me from 22 to 26. That was me. So I was basically conveyor belt of new babies to 12 weeks, new babies to 12 weeks. Um, and then my husband and I moved here to Australia in 2006, 2007. And I worked in a childcare centre because there was nothing like what I did in the UK, so I retrained, retrained in my early childhood education. But of course, with my qualifications, they were like, here you go, you have the baby's room and you look after those. So <laughs> needless to say, I was like, I need to put all these guys on my routine. So I had all of my babies sleeping amazing. And people were coming into my room going, have you seriously got all the babies asleep? And I'm like, yeah, like, what's the big deal? <laughs> and one of the mums said to me, but we go to sleep school to do that. And I looked at her like she had 10 heads and I'm like, what's sleep school? Um, and she told me about the, the sleep school centre up in Brisbane. And I just thought, oh, no, you teach your baby how to sleep at home. 
not in a hospital. Whoever goes to hospital with a baby and goes, yeah, let's sleep. Yeah, so I was like, no, I'll show you how to do it at home. And that's when the light bulb moment happened for me. And it was like, well, I know how to do it, but I don't know how to teach parents how to do it. So I literally spent the next two years working in the childcare centre, helping parents from my centre and really nutting out how I can show the parents how to do it. And that was how Lala Baby SOS was created. So that was back in 2007 and there was no uh, I think I was one of three sleep consultants in the whole country Um, and at the time it was like control crying cry it out or lala baby sos and it really kind of got known for there was like the really harsh like hardcore control crying or there was the gentle settling techniques of lala baby sos so it was really cool Wow. That's amazing. And over that time, since like 2007, you would have seen some, I, I guess, some, some trends that have emerged from, from the people that the, the mums and the dads that you've dealt with. What, what have you noticed over that time? Like where, where are the mums and dads at? Like, what are some of those trends? I think one of like some of the biggest things is there was no such thing. When I first started out, there was no such thing as baby monitors, like video monitors. Um, I literally had a security camera that I used to set up so parents could see the settling or we could do that night vision. So there was no such thing as, as video monitors. There was no such thing as, as apps that track to the second how long your baby's feeding for, what breast they fed from, what time they slept and how. And it's um, I found that over the years that, we become or parents have become much more obsessed with watching watching the monitor watching the app Mm. um and freaking out about how much actual sleep their baby's getting so for example like i i used to wear a fitbit and i used to track my sleep on my fitbit and because i did night shift and i worked at overnight consultations when my fitbit was telling me i was getting on average of three hours sleep a night um, the anxiety of that was causing me much more dramas than the actual sleep that I was getting. So I got rid of the, I got rid of it because I went, it's making me feel worse watching those numbers. And I'm finding that when parents are, are watching their babies on the monitors or watching their app and saying, but my baby only had 9.3 hours sleep last night, they should be averaging this much. Parents are freaking out about it. And not all sleep is passed out KO. It's not, they're not um, supposed to be fast asleep all the time. You know, Years ago, if you didn't hear your baby crying, they weren't awake. Um, but now parents are sitting there and they're watching the monitor and they can see their eyes fluttering and they can see them fussing and they think, oh, they're awake. So we almost overanalyze, over-monitor and over-rescue our babies, which can inadvertently be causing um, external associations with sleep. So I'm definitely seeing a lot of that. And because of that, I'm seeing a lot of parents losing their own confidence in their own parenting Mm -hmm. because there's constantly things to mark yourself against. And if you're not really meeting those right markers, then you're feeling less of a parent because of it. 
And even when I've got parents that are doing well, they still try to find things that they're not doing so well at. And I'm like, stop, take a break and actually just soak up what you are doing well and, you know, stop stop worrying about what's not good. So we're always feeling feeling like we're not good enough. And I think that's one of the really hard things. One of the biggest trends that I've seen is overwatching devices, not the babies, lack of confidence for parents, um, way too much information. There's... That's oh, so amazing because you can, I could feel that coming through in relations to particularly like the, the, the monitoring watching and what I, what I'm picking up is then the loss of uh, the mother's intuition, that gut response, that inbuilt generational intuition of, Hey, my baby's okay. Hey, the love for my baby. Hey, I will have an internal dial signal that tells me that baby needs this or baby needs that. And I think what I'm hearing is that it's almost been a disconnect because of the gadget, so to speak of telling, you know, mom, dad, that the baby is due for X, Y, Z, rather than having that trust process. Is that, is that a, is that a fair, fair to say, do you feel? It's like, because be, because we were watching these, these devices all the time and um, we're, it's kind of like, trying to get the right wording for it. Um, Parents, They've got so much information about what's going on. Um, mm. And every time they're trying to make a call about what that should be right for their baby, there's something else that's telling them that they're making the wrong decision. Um, whether or not it's your device or whether or not it's your social media or your peer, your peer group or something like that. Um, n- n- there's so much quick bits of information that, when we're trying to read all of that instead of reading our baby and babies haven't changed they haven't changed (laughs) just 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 us parents have (laughs) that's right it's like baby babies still have those basic needs of Mm. feeling loved feeling secure feeling full and feeling rested Mm. um and if we take all the noise away from those four things that they're very simple things to fix um but we've made it very complicated over the years it's interesting isn't it you know you know so often we hear our technology here to to help us and to and to provide more value and more resources but sometimes as you said like we get so much data there's so much information of like it's almost a data overload of of what decision where what's the next step or if i go here should i go there it's 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 quite an interesting isn't it with so much data readily available and and you know what it is amazing too you know like you Mm. think about if if you wanted to get specialist advice about something, you used to have to go to um, a workshop or a seminar or a meeting and pay a couple of hundred dollars to get that specialist advice. And when you got that specialist advice, 
you held on to it. Um, It's like my husband would always say to me, Elaine, can you just like do up a timetable that's got every single thing that you need to do in your day um, and write it all out? And he'd been asking me for years and then, and I never did it. And then there was a day that I'd gone and saw a business specialist and I'd paid for my meeting with her. And she said, you need to write out this work timetable that has every single thing that you do. So that night I'm sitting there and I'm writing out my timetable of every single thing I need to do. And my husband's like, bloody hell, I've been telling you this for ages. So, and I said, yeah, but I paid for it. So I'm listening to it. So half the thing is that everything's free on on social media on like the university of youtube yeah totally right dr google yeah dr google (laughs) there's so much information that you actually just then don't know what to focus on so i try a little bit of this and a little bit of that and shake your pump and we get nowhere Love it. Love it. So talk us through Lullaby Baby SOS. How does that, how does it help parents navigate through, through the sleeping and the settling? So what I, what I basically do is I, I have my program, which I basically call it the body clock set and reset program. Okay. So the body clock, basically our, ba- our babies are born primed to learn. Okay, Um, and we forget that our babies are born to prime to learn. A lot of times people will say that you can't sleep train your baby until over six months. And when we talk about sleep training, that is doing your control crying or you cried out and things like that. Okay, but you can establish a circadian rhythm you can teach your baby the difference between night and day you can teach your baby to feed well um to fill their tummy so that and and learn how to feed to fall and not just snack feed you can teach your baby through the repetition of routine what's coming next um and you can establish daytime na- daytime overall routine daytime nap routine nighttime routines um and you can do that in the first six months okay um So my body clock set program is all about helping parents understand that you can establish a routine with a newborn without feeling like you're doing sleep training. Mm. Um, If we think about the simple thing of, you know, typically the first 12 weeks are a blur. You are really on survival mode from 12 weeks to four months, you start to recognize, oh, you know, my baby's got a preference from my right boob, doesn't really like my left boob. So I tend to spend more time on this one or they like it when I bounce them on the gym, on the football, or they like it when daddy throws them over the shoulder and, and he does that, or there's a particular song. So you start to notice behaviors that your baby likes. So you start to do them more. Okay. And that typically happens from about eight weeks onwards. Okay, so the idea is that if you started to do the things that are going to um, help your baby become a more independent settler from then, then you won't have a problem to fix at six months. You won't have to say, oh, actually, now my baby's used to me feeding to sleep or rocking to sleep or bouncing on the football to go to sleep. Now I have to fix that and retrain. But 
if you if you start gently showing them by the repetition of these routines that I'm not I'm beating you but I'm not feeding you to sleep. I have this little routine that is consistent that now you start to understand that this is my bedtime routine. So that's what I call my body clock set program. Um, and like I said, as a maternity nurse, I 100% believe that you can teach positive sleep, feeding and routine association from birth. Right. Then my reset program is from six months plus. And that's basically when your baby's learned some external sleep associations and you start to notice that their sleep and settling has deteriorated or that they have become more and more dependent on an external association with going to sleep or linking sleep cycles that your six month old is now waking up three times as many times as they were when they were newborns then we have a external association that we need to fix so that's when we do a reset have you ever been jet lagged before james oh yeah oh yeah so we know that when we're jet lagged we need to um, reset our body clock we need to keep ourselves awake at the time that we should be awake, keep ourselves in bed at the times that we should be in bed, regardless of whether or not we're sleeping. We need to eat at breakfast time in our current time zone. We need to eat at dinner in our current time zone. And we need to bore ourselves to sleep. Okay. Typically takes us about three to five days to reset our body clock. It's the same for our babies. So if they've learned some one way, and we need to reset it, it takes us about three to five days to reset their body clock and their circadian rhythm. And when I do that reset program, I help parents understand the sleep signs, help them understand the reasons why their baby's struggling, what's happening when they wake up, how they can support them in settling without leading them to cry themselves to sleep, um, and how you can reduce that support as they improve. And just it, it just makes wow. such a difference. And typically parents see 70 to 80% improvement in that first wow. three to five days. So it's huge. Wow. That's amazing. And I was going to ask, like, what's some of the – the feedback would be just phenomenal. You're like a, a lifesaver because I know when, you know, sleep is such an important factor, particularly in those, you know, first six to, to nine months, uh, it's just like uh, sometimes you feel like you're walking around in, as a zombie. But but actually getting back sleep for baby and parents, it, it's huge. So what, what's been some of the feedback from, from some of the parents that you've got around that? Well, look, there's definitely been, there's, there's been, like, like I said, I've worked with over 10,000 parents. And yeah, huge. Like I've had parents who have been able to work on their marriage. Their marriage was at breaking point. And they've said to me, you know, we're working with you on our sleep because we know that this is a major factor and we want to fix that. And then we want to look at what else is going on. Right. Um, we've had other, everything is always about parent confidence though. It's like when a parent, when we go through our settling plan and parents understand, they actually feel so much more powerful about their ability to parent their baby and to stop listening to the noise. Yeah. Um, I, I, my, when I think about it, I always think, well, what's the most um, impactful consultation that I ever had? And one of the most impactful consultations I've ever had was with a lady who was in Canberra. 
and her baby had a gluten intolerance. It was weight flux. Um, he had some intolerances to salicylates and nightshade foods. Mom was celiac and wow. she had some gut issues. So literally this mom was living on brown rice, tuna and one piece of fruit. I can't, I think it was pears. Wow. And that's what she was living on. And I hadn't spoken to this lady we had booked the consultation in over the phone um over text message and then we had to cancel it because they got sick and then we rescheduled it over text message i still hadn't spoken to her because she spent all of her time in the bedroom in the dark with her baby on top of her and he was always crying so i arrived there after have never spoken to this lady. I'd flown down from the Gold Coast, never spoken to her. Arrived at her house at four o'clock in the afternoon and we did the last nap of the day first, which is catnap, crack nap. It's the worst nap of the day. It's the worst nap to get started on a routine. <laughs> and I settled him in his bed. And at that settle, I was, I'd been in the house about two hours and I thought to myself, oh, what have I put myself into? This is so hard because this baby was so tired. Mum was so emotional. But the baby, he was so uncomfortable with his gut. He was so uncomfortable. And when I was settling him, I was over the cot. He was in the, he was in the cot. I was over the cot and I was cuddling him over the cot and shushing and soothing. And I could feel his tummy grumbling. And I could hear him crying in that pain. And I knew that it was a chicken and the egg situation. If only I can get your sleep better, we can help regulate your circadian rhythm, regulate your digestive system and your eating and everything's gonna feel better, but I have to get through this hydride first. And that first night we got through that first night, he improved as the night went on. The next day he did a two hour nap in the morning he did an hour and a half in the afternoon and another cat nap, but continued to improve over the first three days. Um, and just the difference we, in mum and dad was just yeah. unbelievable in their confidence and just how, how relieved they felt. But that their baby, they'd seen their baby smile for the first time. He was six and a half oh. months old and they felt like it was the first time that he'd smiled. properly and he was happy for more than 15 minutes and it was the first time that mum was out of the bedroom for more than 20 minutes at a time in the last six months and you're just going it's it it uh, it can be really life-changing when they understand that you shouldn't be consumed by it all um and that very simple steps can make huge impacts on your life Wow. Oh, that, that just makes your heart just woo, open. Oh, it's just absolutely beautiful. When absolutely I talk beautiful. about it, it gives me, it gives me yeah, wobbly knees because the always, <laughs> there's always so those good. things that are so hard for parents. Oh, well done. Well done. And I'm sure there's probably hundreds of those types of stories that, that just really give me the confidence back to parents that, that know they've got this, the ability to, for the, for their babies to get into some, you know, that, that, that rhythm. And then also the parents to, to, to able to, to get some sleep and also reconnect as, you know, as, as a partner. I think that's on so many levels, there's so many benefits. Um, so well done. It's, that's amazing. So how can, how can the audience find out 
about more about your journey where can you send them where can they go to to, to read up more well obviously it's the usual places um instagram facebook and the website okay there's um i'm always putting up content um through the website through instagram um there's so many blog posts on my on my website as well i do regular q a's on instagram as well um and i do regular workshops and regular one-on-one consultations so um consultations over the years have definitely changed and especially mm. since covid yeah. you know obviously <laughs> we've got i love that parents have embraced um zoom consultations yeah. and embrace this video platform because so often parents were afraid that if i wasn't right there beside them yeah. that we couldn't do it that they wouldn't be able to do it but with the way that I do my consultations um, and obviously my office being set up. Look at the setup. It's like we're, I'm able to, um, we get all the background information. I get a diary. I see what's going on. They get my handbook um, with all the general information. And I kind of say that the handbook is like the manual for your car. And the consultation is like when you get down to your mechanic and say, my car's making this funny noise. And the mechanic says, yes, that's the carburetor. And you're like, right. Got <laughs> so, it. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, we don't need to go through the whole manual. We just need to focus on this stuff. So that's what the consultations are about. It's about focusing on what's important for you, for your family. And then all of my consultations have three weeks of follow-up telephone and email support with myself while they're doing it. And the other thing is that we do Zoom um, virtual saddles. So it's literally like where they have an earpiece in the ear. I'm watching it on the video and I'm coaching them through in wow. real time. And that's so much fun because mom's sitting there and she's, she's settling their baby. And I'm in a rear going, okay, this guy, this is what they're telling you. This is what you need to do. And they're going, so good when I've got you in my ear because then I can focus on you and not, yep. not completely get emotional about baby. That's so amazing. That's Elaine on the shoulder. That's fantastic. Lola Bay. So go and check it out. LolaBabySOS.com.au. So if we could leave the listeners with, with, I guess, a piece of advice or, or something to look out for or something to, that they can, you know, maybe entertain or, or implement for their own parenting journey, what would be, what would be maybe one or, or two pieces of, of advice that you could give them? Awesome. Awesome. Okay. First thing that I would do is say, jump onto the website and you will see my free handout. Just sign up, see my free handout. That is, that's the guts of what I tell all of my clients. It's about, first thing you got to do is implement a routine that works for your family. Okay. Making sure that you are meeting your baby's nutritional needs, um, their awake windows and their sleep needs. Okay, so you don't have to find one on Pinterest. You have to sit down and you need to work it out yourself. Okay, I usually tell parents to anchor their day. So if you've got a consistent start time to your day, give or take a half an hour and a consistent end time to your day. Those anchors are going to mean that your day is going to be relatively consistent with a bit of flexibility in there. But if you can do those anchors then that's going to help. Have a 
feed, play, sleep routine, which you hear all the time. But basically, essentially, that's just feeding and sleeping are two separate activities. So make sure that you keep them separate. Have a nap time routine that's like Groundhog Day. Every single time, do the same thing so your baby understands that it's nap time. Falling asleep in the cot or where you want them to link sleep cycles, where you want them to stay asleep. That doesn't mean that they have to self-settle, but that means that, you know, if, if they fall asleep in your arms, they're going to expect to wake up there. If they fall asleep in their bed, they're going to expect to wake up there. So if you can start helping them know that that's their bed and support them through it, that's a major, okay? Um, so regular start time, regular end time, good food, good nap time routine, good bath bedtime routine that's consistent and repetitive eat sleep rave repeat the more we do it the more we get it so the more that we can do that the more familiar it's going to become to them the more confident they will become the more you can start pulling back the other thing i will always say to parents is support don't rescue i like that yeah Parents are always doing too much. They think their baby can't do it. They're smart. Just mm. slow down, back off a little bit, and listen to your baby. Oh, oh, that gives me shivers. That gives me because that's so beautiful. Because it's support, don't rescue. Woo! Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So go and check out the free guide at lullababysos.com.au and reach out to Elaine if you've got any questions. Thank you so much for today. Really appreciate you jumping on and um, and sharing insights, sharing wisdoms, and, uh, and yeah, go and check it out for, for more details. Thank you once again, Elaine. Awesome, James. Thanks so much for having me. 